Another episode of the NRL Supercoach All Stars podcast. This is Barnsley joined once again uh, with Billy for our pre round four TLT and mailbag. Billy, you're pumped for round four, mate. Did you have a bit of a better round three? Yeah, mate, going better. Um, the five years of disasters are behind me, I think, so nice to get off to a semi decent start. More we'll look forward to building on it, mate. Good stuff. I, um, I started the round fantastic with a um, straight C on Teddy. And I thought I was going to be on fire and hit 1,300 and then had three different injuries with guys um, scoring 19 or under and um, just complete carnage. So um, went down by about 40% from what I did in, in round two. So I guess I've, on the trajectory, I've got to improve this week and have a big one. So looking forward to this round starting. Yeah, um, one thing I've noticed is that the um, you can have three or four players score five or six, but if you just nail that one sort of massive VC or C captain, it just completely offsets and puts you right back at that sort of 1100 mark with everyone else. So looks like uh, pick a good captain, you might be all right. Yeah, the captaincy stuff really does make a bit of a difference. And we'll chat about different captaincy options as we go through TLT too, because I think it's it's really important. Before we get to the TLT, guys, um, we're going to do a TLT and market watch combined going through the games for this weekend. But we're going to uh, introduce a mailbag segment. So uh, questions from... Uh, you know, the people that we chat to online and um, anyone that posts their questions to us either via PM um, or other forms of social media. We don't get to all of them because there's quite a few, um, but we'll we'll try and pick out sort of nine or ten each week. The first question was from Tim Smith, um, and Tim's asked us, uh, is Burns a hold or sell? What about going Burns to Tommy T and potentially going back to Burns later, trading him back in? Billy, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, love it. Um, first thing to answer there is the longevity of the injury. Um, if you look at the um, NRL physio, whatever his name is, he pretty much um, had different sorts of gradings, and the lightest grading was two to four weeks. You, you know what happens with a two to four week injury? It could be sort of you know, four to five weeks. So that's a long time to leave a player out. So um, yeah, I, w- I would sell. It's too much. Three hundred k is too much money to leave on the pine. Uh, love that trade. Um, he's at home this week and has a monstrous average at home. The only thing I'll say there is the, uh, the last time Teddy scored 150 at home, he, he averaged 58 for the next sort of two-thirds of the season. But then at the end of the season, he averaged 99 for the last six games. So um, a guy like him could pretty much set the world on fire. It, it, for anyone that actually can't afford Teddy, you could actually do the switch to Palmer. Maybe he, he's at fullback and has a pretty soft draw coming up too. So either one of those are great options for Burns. Yeah, I um I like to start off the pod with a little bit of controversy because it's um I think it's good to have some different point of views and um I, I'm going to disagree a little bit on this one. Um, I'm a Burns owner, um, and I'm actually going to hold at the moment. I, I think I would rather hold Burns for now, and I'll I'll explain why so it doesn't sound completely crazy. For me, because Burns is a centre wing, I think it's a lot easier to hold a 300k player because. As we've said before so many times, you know, whether you, you spend 600k on a centre wing or, or 300k on a centre wing, the fluctuations just mean that, you know, you're not going to be able to pick it a lot of the time who's going to score better anyway. So I don't think there's a lot of difference between, say, Burns at 300k and, you know, a, um, a rookie at 168k. So you'd be fine to throw a rookie like Rava on the, on the bench and not playing for a few weeks because you're choosing better options anyway. Um, I'm fine pretty much just to sit Burns there for a month and see. Yeah, part, but 
the uh, the one one thing there the point there is he's going to be with Burns out he's going to be playing 164 or 168k cheaply anyway. The point is that the extra cash allows you to have that cheeky Amterdo. So I think that's where it offsets it. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean that's when it well, that's when it comes to it where I'd agree to to get rid of Burns if there was no other option that you've got in your team like no other option, um, then I would trade Burns. I don't think it's a bad move to trade Burns. It's just if I had a choice, I think I would rather hold him. Uh, but if you don't have a choice, then you know, it makes sense to do it. I guess for me, I'm someone who's got <laughs> you know, two guys two guys dropped and three guys injured in my 25-man squad. So I've got plenty of options to choose from to trade people. Um, and I tend to think that plenty of other people will probably be in the same boat. So, so Tim Smith, um, I reckon that if you've got other options to trade instead of Burns, you'd be better off holding him. Um, if you don't have better any other options that need to be traded out or can be traded out, then I think it's fine for you to, to get Burns out. Um, Tommy T's a great trade-in for mine. Um, I agree with you there, Billy. I think he's a really good one to get in. Probably the only caveat there is, um, and this might speak to being able to hold Burns, I don't think you have to trade in Tommy T this week. So if there was somebody that you could trade out that wasn't going to give you enough money for Tommy T, you could potentially bank that cash and look at getting Tommy T in next week when he's got an easier matchup than South and before he's actually going to get his first price rise because it's not going to hurt you money-wise. So that's why I'm sort of a little bit on the fence with it. I think there's a couple of different ways to, to skin that one. Yeah, 100% agree with you there, mate. Um, just depends on... Just got to ask yourself that question. What do you think he's going to score at Brookwell this week? Uh, next question is uh, from Stu Lindsay. Uh, off the injured and drop players, who do you think is worth holding and who's not? I'll go first on this one, Billy. Um, for me, I had definite holds as Brown and surprisingly for some friend as well. Um, I've seen friend traded a lot and I think he's a definite hold. The definite sells for me were Moylan and then the either all bracket that I had, I had Burns and Kieran as um, I don't think that they're definite sells or definite holds. I think it's going to be pretty team-specific. Are you are you on board with that thinking, or is your list a little bit different than mine? My list is a little bit different. I had Kieran as a sell purely because he was given three games and it didn't work. So I reckon Coach is going to do exactly the same thing for his replacement. He'll give him three games and see how that goes. So given that he has a break-even of around 20 or something or other, um, I wouldn't want to wait for that attempt three games and then a fourth game for him to get a decent score and then another one to actually make coin. I reckon at five games or two holds to wait and see if he's going to make coin. So um, of the two and a half, I would I would sack him and Chuck Cardi or someone else there. Crichton, I'd hold to give him one more week only, but Orbo was an absolute pain in the ass. They're lucky they played the first game, so that's so that's a, that's a, a good late mile watch. Um, the Eels kid I'd hold, he's a jewel. He's only been rested, um, not being dropped. I disagree with a friend. I reckon the the, the mere fact that he, he's got a shoulder injury uh, and the um the what was he what he called Radley is actually doing really well and although it's such a versatile bloke, I don't think coach is going to risk him too much. I think he's too much of a risk to sort of hold for one week and then wait wait and see how he goes. I would actually sell him, especially given he doesn't play the first buy. Agree with you on Moylan. Moylan's a sell, um, and for that reason, I'm actually considering bringing in Zeri this week. Because he's out for a while. It's a friend. Um, I agree with all you guys except for him. The reason I'm going to hold friend myself as a no-no is because I think most people like me spend a trade just to get him in. Um, and I'm pretty loath just to spend a trade on him either one or two weeks ago and just to punt him when he's only going to be on the sidelines for one week. 
He's got a reasonable break-even. He's not going to lose any money still, despite that 19 being in his rolling average. Um, and then that 19 is going to roll out, and he's going to start making more money again. Uh, and he's only 480k. Um, the other thing too is, it, obviously, it goes without saying, if he's your main hooker, your first choice hooker, you've got to sell him. But if he's not your first choice hooker, and I think that that's probably going to be for 90% of the teams that own him, uh, you've got another hooker to start anyway. I don't think it really hurts you just to keep him there for a week. I disagree a little bit in that um, uh, worrying about Robbo, you know, wrapping him in cotton wool or anything. You know, he was only out for one um, for one week with his shoulder problem before, um, and Robbo rushed him straight back in the side. And if he didn't re-injure it against the Eels, he was going to be playing 80 minutes that game. Um, it was only because he went into a tackle and hit it awkwardly that he's re-injured it. Um, so I, I did see it as like an awkward tackle that happened. If it didn't happen, he was going to play 80 minutes, um, and he was going to be... a a pretty good value for money guy. So I'm pretty loath to sell him. Um, the other thing as well is that who do you sell him to? Because for me, you know, I've got my first choice hooker there and I don't really want to buy another hooker and waste a trade on it. So I'm just going to wait. Yeah, I, I don't get that one, to be honest. Um, he's pretty highly sold, friend, and he's only going to probably be on the sidelines for a week. So, um, yeah, maybe people are getting cooking and that's why. If they're getting cooking, I understand. But if they're going to do something like, you know, friend to... Um just a, a mid-price guy who might actually score sort of 20 or 30 points, you're right, it's probably relevant because when actually, um, when Friend comes back next week, it'll, you'll have the same problem, you'll have the same bloke with Friend out, so you're probably just like a flossing one week, one, one week, one game, so look, if he's, if he's around your hooker and you can go to Cook, I'd do it, but if not, you might be right, hold for a week. Uh, Mr. Smith, really avid Twitter follower of the show, thanks very much. Uh, he's asked, if Kieran out to CHT, banking the dollars is a good move with Kieran holding a 21 BE. Yeah, I'd, I'd get rid of Kieran, Kieran, mate, but I wouldn't be bringing in um, the other warrior half yet. I'd be trying to find someone else if I could. I, I'm seriously like, I actually really like Cardi Party um, for an option there, but there's plenty of other options. There's some, um, you know, Pong or some good, good fullback, good six options if you use rotations, but um, I'd be getting rid of him. Yeah, I don't mind getting rid of him. I'll, I'll probably just leave him there just because I've got other bigger issues to deal with. But um, I agree with you on this one. I, I wouldn't be going to CHT straight up. Um, only reason being is because I just think that there's that many other options, like you said. And one of those rules of super coach is if you don't have to get a rookie earlier than what their first price rise is going to be, then don't do it. And this is going to be CHT's first game. Um, you'd hate to pick him up and then him to pick up an injury or to... Um, you know, the follow after two games for him to, to end up getting dropped, um, the ideal time to pick up CHT is going to be after two games. If he plays two games and he does well, then pick him up. I mean, he might play two games and, and only score 15 points a game and the Warriors get smashed, and then it's just it's just a waste. So, yeah, I, I'd be waiting on CHT. The only thing I'm going to add here, and this is for anyone brave enough to actually do it, I'm not advising it, but if you've seen the kid play, you think he's a weapon and he's going to be kicking goals... Um, Isaac Luke is out, so the dominant playmakers are going to be sort of, you know, him and sort of um, uh, RTS, and he's kicking goals and he's playing at home in New Zealand against the Titans. Maybe some points in that game, but I wouldn't be buying it for one game, but if you had to, it wouldn't be the worst to play for one week. Yeah, it's definitely not the worst week. I agree with you there. Um, I guess if you're, if you're desperate for numbers um, and you don't have any money for anybody else and you could just bite the bullet and go early, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I just don't think it's ideal. Um, but that's a pretty good segue into the next question, 
which um, we got asked on Twitter by Panther fan Eddie and also the legendary Mike Painter asked the same question, and that is, is it time to get the Cardi party started, Billy? <laughs> I don't think it's a Cardi party yet. I see a lot of negativity around this trade, and a lot of people laughing and saying the guy's got zero form and even 80 minutes he's done rubbish the last couple of years. But if you go and have a look at all his stats for the last couple of years, he's had one game, just one game, playing 80 minutes on an edge in the last two years. And that was in round one, 2017, where he scored 50-odd points. The next game, 80 minutes on an edge in the last two years, was last week, and he scored 58 um, no clutch, no nothing, 41 tackles, three missed, so a lot more successful tackles and missed ones for a change, so the turnstiles that have gone a bit. I think he had two or three offloads, not as many runs as he used to have, but the guy scored 58 points just being on the park. Um, they On the bench, they have um, uh, a utility, and you know that sort of, what do you call it, their lock arrow doesn't get to the 80 minutes, so you've got three guys in the middle that, that are going to rotate. I'm pretty confident he's actually going to get 80 minutes. And the last time he got 80 minutes in 2016, he averaged 60-odd without taking in games without a try. With the game, with all these clutch, he was 72. I don't think he got the party, Cardi party of old, but I think he got a guy priced at 250-odd who can score sort of 55, 60 easy. And if he scores 55 this week and next week, he makes 100K. Yeah, I tend to agree, um, although begrudgingly. Um, I'm definitely not a, a Cardi Party fan because I think that his game's dropped off significantly the last two years. And yeah, that's still there to see even when you watch him now. But if he's getting 80 minutes on an edge because of his price at 265k and a low break even, I think you pretty much have to look at him as an option. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you to an extent. Um, I can see him doing 50s. Um, and he, might, he may yeah. very well only average like 50 points, but... 50 points for 265k is good enough, and it's especially good enough if you're looking for a half. Out for Kieran, um, you know, bringing in Bryce Cartwright could work out pretty well. Yeah, but that's the only, the only other thing I'm going to add very quickly before we move on is just take the name Cardi Party away. Just tell yourself you're not actually bringing Cardi Party in. You've just found a 260k guy that's playing 80 minutes available at 5'8", who's got a zero break-even, and is going to make you 100 grand being on the park, and that that cash that you um saving that you get will actually give you, you know, fifty fifty five points on the park as a reserve and cash to upgrade elsewhere. Is it worth it for a couple of weeks to find yep. out? I think so. I think so. Yeah, good point, mate. Um and he did have a he did have thirty eight points in base on the weekend, which isn't good for a forward, but at his price, you know, and the fact he's gonna get a few extra points from here and there, um, you know, it's a decent enough floor for you to take a punt. Probably the last thing I'll finish on though is the reason why I'm not quite getting the party started. You know, like I, I'm probably going to go to the party, but I'm maybe not planning on staying too long. Maybe just have two or three beers rather than a whole case. He, he could very well get dropped in like two weeks. So I think that if you're going to do it, Billy, you've got to be well prepared for what you're getting yourself into. It, it's going to be, you know, potentially really good and you come out of it really nice and you have a great night and you get home at 4 a.m. And, and aren't hung over the next day. Or it could be one of those ones where you go to the party and after three beers, it's it's terrible because he gets dropped and he doesn't play uh, another starting role again for another six weeks, and you have to just leave the party early. Yeah, but he knows he's on he's on ten hooks and he needs to perform to stay in that team, and he's playing New Zealand this week, and you know there's only about fifty points in this game, so he might get some. Yeah, it's a good week to get in for sure, um, and particularly I, I think because teams are going to be short this week, um, he's going to be a a good guy that you can actually play. 
um, that maybe you wouldn't play other weeks. So not a bad option. The party's lukewarm. Maybe it's getting started. We'll see if it actually is a full party in a couple of weeks. We got another one um, from the GZ crew. Um, Andres has asked us if you have to bring in a hooker this week, who are the options? Um, should you bring in a premium hooker, such as Cook, or go the cheaper hookers like a Reynolds or a Rain? If you can afford the premium, by all means, that's the best way to go, especially with the bunnies draw. Um, I'd still grab him this week if you can. So to answer the question, if you can afford him, do it. Uh, if you can't, uh, Reynolds, Reynolds concerns me. He might sort of, he might go all right and be a sort of plug for now. But when, when is Benji back? How long are, are hamstrings um, an injury for? Um, I don't know. He's probably at least sort of two to three weeks a, a, a light grade sort of hammy strain. The only good thing about Reynolds sort of being in there is that it gives sort of Farrah more stability. So Farrah's another option too. Although he's starting to get that real expensive sort of price point. So if you can afford sort of Farrah, you may as well be stretching for Cook right now. The only other options would be um, Mitch Rain, maybe. Um, but they they do play against the Warriors, but it is his first game. You don't know sort of how many minutes he's going to get and what that interchange guy's going to do, hey? Yeah, I think it's a tough one. If I if I had to get a hooker at this point, um, and part of the reason why um, I'm not training friend, if I had to get a hooker, I'd be biting the bullet and getting Cook. Um, I don't really see any other options that are worthwhile doing. I think there's too much risk. Um, what, about, um, what about sorry? What about the um, the older the older Braley? I know he's not getting 80 minutes, but he's getting 65, 70, and his younger brother's only getting sort of 10 minutes. Um, I know he scored a try last week, I think. Um, so he's going to lower yeah. the deer, and they're playing the eels this week. Do you think he's low enough price and enough minutes to warrant a, a roughie? Nah, I think he's too expensive. Um, 383k. He's averaging 53 points a game, but that's boosted up by his, his big game last week because he scored 85 points. Yeah, I just don't think that I'd want to be picking sort of the best of the worst. I think that if I had to do it, I'm just going to get an option that I'm comfortable in with Hooker. And uh, to me, it's, it's got to be Cook. Um, the only reason I wouldn't choose Cook is, um, and I'm, I'm guessing that it was asked because the person's asking has to trade a hooker or, and maybe doesn't have a starting hooker. Um, the only other one that I'd look at is I'd be looking ahead at the buys right now. And look, <laughs> Josh Hodgson hasn't gone good, but if he's the hooker that you're planning on having in round 12, I would be loath to be wasting two or three trades between the start of a season and round 12 just to get yourself a hooker for a few weeks at a time and get a buy hooker. So to me, it's either a, a full-term keeper in Cook or bite the bullet and get your buy hooker in maybe sort of a month to seven weeks early. Just get them in now if you have to get a hooker in. Hey, honestly, I'm not even worrying about a hooker for round 12. I've got Farah and uh, Cook up there, and the way those guys are performing, there's no way in hell I'm getting rid of any of them just to get a guy come in for maybe sort of 30 to sort of 60 points and another trade to get them out because I yep. don't want to play those guys in round 13. I would just say... I would even just take an AE this week and just go to Cook next week as soon as you can. Well, even Smith, if you can, they're playing the dogs this week, but he might even be a platform if you can go that far. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rain's probably the only the only cheapie that I, I considered at all, uh, the cheapie, the mid guy. He, he scored 52 points on the weekend, so it wasn't too bad. But like you said, um, it's a little bit of a mirage. There's a few people looking at Rain and saying he played 80 minutes and scored 52 points, but... The Titans had both of their halves out. Um, they've got both of their halves back, which means Brimson is pushed to a bench utility role. And Brimson isn't going to come on and play lock. So 
I really don't know whether Rain will be getting 80 minutes. And Rain is also a guy who, across his career, hasn't been getting 80 minutes. Um, you know, even in 2016, um, when he was playing a lot of games, he, was, he still only averaged 70 minutes, which is his max. Um, and in that 70 minutes, he scored 51 points. 377k is kind of expensive for the sort of output that you might get from him and the risk that might come from it as well for me. Yeah, true. The only other suggestion I could have, and this would be for the very, very small percentage of people that own Holland. Holland might not be goal-kicking anymore, but he switched to the right-hand side. Maybe you could dump whatever hook you got, push him up there just for a week, and then bring in Turbo or whoever you want down the back and then sort of upgrade sort of Holland to Holland to Cook. Just use his score for one week if you still got him for that small percentage of people that do own him. Oh, if you own him and you can move him in there, one hundred percent. That's you know that's a fine option. But the other thing too is that um, if you wanted to go short term, you know you could you could try and target someone who's got a negative break even, and just tell yourself you're going to burn a couple of trades to have enough money to um, go up to cook later. Um, so you know if you did that, maybe and Nathaniel Roach has got a a, a minus thirty break even, for instance. Um, if he's good to go this week and maybe Luke's out for a couple of weeks, um, you know, maybe that gets you an extra 80k um, to play with um, and that couldn't get you to cook with the money that you bank. But I kind of feel like that we're grasping at straws here, Billy, a lot of bad options because there just isn't any good ones. It's, it's pretty much cooked actually, for me. Actually, the option you just mentioned, uh, Roach, um, he's pretty sure he's a center three quarter hooker jewel so you can chuck him up this week with the break even and if for some reason um he has he goes pretty well and is available next week you can dump you can dump a center three quarter bring him back down and then still get cooked and still have his price rises so it wouldn't just be a one week cashy so he might be an option seriously yeah he, he might be because i mean he's the reason why i actually even looked at him is because obviously luke's got some injuries that keep pushing him out of that warriors side and roach is only two hundred forty six thousand, so he's he's only cheap still um he is in a bit of doubt though so he might not play this week but if he does i'd rather pay 246 on a risky guy to make some quick cash um than you know the close to 400 you pay for mitch rain and probably make the same sort of cash of maybe sort of 80 to 100k. So it's probably an easier option to juggle, especially with the dual um, capabilities of the centre wing. So we got uh, this next question in from Andy Jacko. Many of you know him as Wacko's Whispers. Give him a follow on Twitter for Wacko's Whispers, the, the best info in Supercoach. Uh, with all the carnage and chaos, is it an option to run it with an AE this week? Uh, I think it is. Um, for me, you know, if... If I knew that I was going to have guys coming back the following week and I didn't want to burn trades and there was no obvious trades for me to make, then, you know, absolutely, I think that it's it's fine to do that for a week, but it's very team-specific for me, Billy. You have to make sure that your team, um, you know, you're probably going to end up playing one of the options that you were choosing from anyway. Um, it's not going to be a, um, a terrible flaw. Um, and next week, you know that the ship's going to be righted and you're actually going to be saving a trade doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably a really good way to do it. The reason is you've just got the um, um, the two rookie halves um, uh, out, so there's a potential 20 score gone. Uh, I know you can probably get a 20 or a 30 from any of those center three quarters, but if you're lucky enough to have, you know, CNK uh, Bateman and Nakora uh, uh, down at center three quarter, and you can, um, you're going to you're going to be risking one of those center three quarter blokes anyway, so. 
what I would do is try to do your VC loop as early as possible, see what your VC is going to score. And if your VC goes massive, then, yeah, no-brainer. Um, if, if that doesn't work out, then you can evaluate a little, a little later on the weekend whether you can do a sneaky trade um, or not, depending on what your, a, what, on what your potential A would, would otherwise score. Yeah, I was about to suggest the same thing. I think it's the best strategy um, to just sort of stick yourself in the middle of an AE or not an AE, see what your VC loop tosses up. And if your VC loop's decent, so like, you know, normally I'd prefer a VC loop of maybe 120 or 130, but um, this week, um, you know, if it, if it gets towards a ton, maybe you just take that and save the trade. Um, if it doesn't and it's like a 55, then just bite the bullet, waste your trade, get someone else in um, that's going to give you a decent score and then and then move along and do a, you know, a trade in, you know, by the fourth or fifth game or whenever you need to for your VC to um, not kick in. Uh, so this next one, um, Chris has asked us, when is the best time to cash in the cash cows and how do you know? Uh, real tough one. Um, ideally, the best time is when they've made a huge amount of cash, like about 200k, and they're sporting a BE of about 80. Um, but, you know, those are the ideal scenarios um, and those are the dream scenarios. That's probably going to be like a Britain Nakora scenario where he's probably going to make, you know, 350k. Um, and either you're going to have to ask yourself whether you want to treat him as a keeper or whether you want to get rid of him when he has an 80 BE. The reality of it is that um, it's a lot harder than that. Um, so, what I'll probably say I do is with a lot of them, it's not going to be that straightforward. They're not going to have a high BE and have made you a heap of cash. Um, they're either going to not made you enough cash or, um, or, or been performing quite badly. And it's just a bit of a harder one to pick. Um, the other option is as well that they just get dropped, like we've seen this week, and you have to ask yourself, do you wait for them to come back or not? So what I normally do is I just ask myself if with a player that I'm I'm looking at, you know, do I cash him in or do I not? I ask myself if down the track, if they return, or, or they return to form if they've been playing badly, am I going to want to be trading them back in um, if they do end up performing good again or if they get named again? Um, and what would that money look like? So I'd actually sit down before I actually trade someone out and cash them in if I'm not sure about them and say, you know, if they come back and they average X, then they're going to make an extra 100K. Um, if that's the case, I'm probably going to say to myself at the time, geez, Barnsley, you need to trade this guy in for this quick 100K and I'll be burning another trade. So I've kind of just asked, answered my own question with that. I'm just going to hold that guy. Because, you know, I, I know that I might want to be trading them in later anyway. And for me, I'd rather just save the trade. That's provided that it's not going to kill my team because I've got enough other guys that are playing to have, you know, one or two NTRs there. Um, but what's your take on it, Billy, as far as the, you know, the best time and how you sort of know? I'm going to try and talk, turn a 30-minute discussion into about a 30-second point here. <laughs> um, it's all about cash injection. So... Uh, you could you could have one guy who uh, who earns you know, sort of four hundred thousand throughout the season, but there's absolutely zero point in holding on to him from the start of the season up until round fifteen to say, Laura, I've actually got him at max now because he might he might have a break even at forty by round three because he's only punching twelves and thirties and forties. So, a he's not actually giving you any points. You can't play him, so there's no value there. And B, if he's if he's rising too slowly, there's no value there either because by the time you cash him in, everyone else has already cashed him in and used him as a platform to someone else and got points. So you've either lost some ground overall or you've possibly lost a couple of head-to-heads. So the answer to that question for me is um, 
if he that person gets to a point where they made sort of, uh, 60 or 100 or 150 grand or something rather, just because they're only sort of 250 or 300k and they haven't hit that 450k point yet, I would still sell them when their break even sort of hits sort of 20 or 30 because a their their points aren't likely to be 50 or 60. And they're not going to make, if you hold them that one extra week, they're not actually going to make too much more cash, maybe 10, 15 grand. So as soon as they actually hit that sort of 30, 30 break even, and if their scores aren't really looking like they're going to be like a, a 70 or 80 to, to give them a really good injection, or if they're not playing Titans or Warriors, then, or Dogs, then just get rid of them for someone who's got a massive negative break even because that uh, that quick elevation or cash injection for another person offsets waiting waiting for them to have that decent rise. That's my answer. No, that's a that's a good answer, mate. It's a it, I will say it's a really hard one to answer because it is um like Billy said, uh, it, it needs to be a much longer answer. There's so, there's so many factors that sort of go into it. Um, and what I'll probably add for myself is one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in the past is jumping off guys early. So if a guy's 168K, I'm not going to get off him unless I have to because of my team. And it's, I have no other choice. I have to make that move and I've got to trade someone out and that's it. But otherwise, I always try and stick on my 168K guys and just leave them there. Um, if guys only make 20 or 30K, like a ravioli that we've got over at the Saints, um, I'll, I'll try and hold on to him as well because all they need is one try um, or, or one good attacking burst, and they're going to start making money again. And I know in the past, when I've when I've made my biggest mistakes, it's when I've gotten stuck sort of six or seven rounds in because I've sold guys early, and I all of a sudden haven't had enough cash or trade-outs to get the good players in that I wanted to get, um, and that's when things start to unravel. So, yeah, it's, it's a much harder question to answer um, in a short in a short time, that's for sure. <laughs> Let me use a 10-second example. All right, so you've got Kieran available at, 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 in, in the halves, all right? He's, um, he's, he's been dropped, likely dropped for two or three rounds. He's got a break-even of 20 or 30. He's only had one, one price rise. He's priced around 240 or something or other. It's quite likely, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, that he's probably got another 200K in him that he can actually make. But by the time you actually wait for him to come back and start again, and, and make that, that that price rise. If you actually traded him to Cardi this week, a, a guy who's got like a zero break here, you can actually play Cardi, who's going to get maybe 50 points this week, as opposed to a center three quarter who could score, you know, between 15 and, and 115. So he's likely going to give you an extra 35 points, 30 to 35 points per week, and make you 100 grand over the next two weeks. So you're up sort of 50 to 70 points and 100 grand in two weeks. As opposed to waiting for him to mature, so as opposed to waiting for Kieran to come back and play and mature, I give you that cash in two months from now. That's the advantage. It's true, but um, I'll disagree a little bit because it's very team specific. So it's not that I'm disagreeing; it depends on the team. Um, if you if you've got a team that you don't need to play Kieran anyway, then his points become irrelevant. It really doesn't matter, um, and Cardi's points become irrelevant as well because if you're not going to play them anyway, and you've got a team that's got a, a better seventeen then the points don't make any difference whatsoever. Um, so to me, then you can just hold Kieran because he's not hurting you at all. Um, and the other thing too is that if you've got a team that's got that many good players where Kieran's your 21st or 22nd best player, then it doesn't it doesn't make any difference to me. Um, for example, you'll have other options. Um, if you've got other options as well with your team, just use someone else to get Cardi in. Um, I think, you know, the simplest way to look at it, Billy, you know, your example's right for many teams. It might be wrong for other teams. I think the best way to look at it is uh, whether you actually have to play that player or whether you actually 
um, even need to trade them. You know, if, if you don't need to trade that guy and you can still make all the moves that you want to make and play all the guys that you want to make and get the same points, then it's a no-brainer for me to just hold them um, for those teams. And it might only be sort of 20% of the teams that are in that boat, but for those teams, it's just it seems like a waste for me to hold them. I always try and um, just to, to get the max rise out of them when I can. Yeah, and that's how it turns into a 30-minute discussion. But I think we're made a point, so let's go to this one. <laughs> Very good question. Very hard one to answer, mate. Um, all right, so the next one here is uh, asked by a couple of people. Um, we had Stephen Laws and also uh, Timothy UN asked this same question. Is it too early to plan for state of origin slash buyers? Uh, when do you start buy planning and how many are you looking to play? Um, so for me, Billy, I, I start... Um, right from the get-go. So pre-round one in the preseason, I'm thinking about my buys. Um, I pu- I'll put up a list of the round 12 teams and then I'll put out a list of the guns um, and the, the semi-guns that I'm going to want round 12. And then I use that as a tiebreaker. If I'm deciding between guys um, that I think are both equal, I'll grab, grab the guy that's playing the buy. Ideally, I'll have about 25% of the players that I want at round one for that first buy. And then after the first prize rises happen, um, I'll fix my team, and then every single week from then on, I've got an eye towards the buyers um, w- without focusing on them too much. So what I mean is I'm going to be looking at guys like that I don't have in my team, like a Marty Tapao, and, and eyeing off his break-even as we go along and looking at the best time to get him in. So the best time to get in Marty is going to be when he bottoms out in price, depending on his performances, or... Um, when he's at a decent price and you can see a really big run coming up where you think you're going to score a lot and be unobtainable. So, again, it's another bit of a longer answer, but I'm planning all the way through um, from pre-season all the way up to um, round 12 gradually because I don't think that you can just do it two weeks beforehand and end up with the team that you want. Um, and I'm aiming for at least 13 players for the first buy, ideally 15. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, to answer the question from my perspective, when do you start uh, by planning for me, it was first of December. I know we have the sixth spot, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> um, uh, exactly the same as Mark. So, what the very first thing I do in the, in the preseason, um, like a lot of coaches, is just try to fit the, the highest scoring possible team I can jam into that budget on, on a team. And a lot of that is um, cutting corners, going, all right, so how can I get a 65 point play? I'll get you no know, Sergis over Fafita or Papali over. Bali over over Jervo, and that's how you absolutely maximise your points. Going on, and so I reckon I can I can jam an extra ten points out of all these people, and get an extra hundred to one hundred twenty, hundred to one hundred twenty, hundred fifty points more than sort of you know, ninety eight percent of team, teams out there round one, as long as there's no bloody injuries. So that that's what happens, and then I do exactly the same as what Mark did. You go and all right, so now um, uh, use use the. Um, uh, super coach uh, round round twelve projector. So what? How many buy? How many buy players do I have? Six. Okay, crap. That needs to be a little bit higher. So what you want to do is start with sort of six to eight, and then gradually try and every couple of weeks pick up pick up pick up one or two. But like Mark said, make sure it coincides with a uh, an actual um, low point. Uh, sorry, negative break even or like a low point where you can actually buy the person where they're having a good run. However, if if someone like Tommy Turbo drops 100k and is playing the Titans or Warriors and he's up against you know a, um, a South person or someone who's playing round 12 with a negative break even that's when you go 
forget about the buy guy. I want to get the guy who's going to potentially score me, you know, 130, 150, who I, who I can loop between now and the buyer. So it's a very fine line between getting the guys that you really, really want and also looking at the draw and going, you know what, the cows have a good good role from round six and the bunnies have a good role from round three and picking off those players as you go. So, um, yeah, look, look for the buyer players, but make sure you pick uh, premium players along the way as well. Um, so now we've got a few... Um trade-in, trade-out questions and who to play for this week um, before we roll on to TLT. So quickly, um, Paul McAleese has asked, um, should he go Moylan to Turbo and to Tola to Waddell or is there a better, cheaper option than Waddell? What do you reckon on that one, Billy? Um, I like the first one. The second one, I hate. Um, I would just go early on the um, dog kid or, if possible, Zeri. I really like the idea of Zeri um, um, playing at centre three quarter this week versus the Eels. Um, especially with Moyne being out for so long, I reckon he's going to have that spot for a while. Yeah, I um I agree, but I I probably don't like Zeri that much more. I I definitely like the dogs option though. So um yeah, go the dogs dual center wing second row option for this week, even though it's going a bit early. I think that's going to be better than Waddell because you've got guys at Manly like Paseka coming back, um who might take Waddell's minutes, um and Waddell could find himself out of the seventeen. Moreland to Turbo is a no-brainer. That's a fantastic trade. Next question is from long-time pod listener Stephen Hobden. Um, if you have to play a cheap centre wing this week, who's the pick of the bunch with the cheapies? Um, for me, Billy, it was Sevo versus Sharks or Allen versus Manly. Zeri versus the Eels for me. Oh, oh, oh. big one. I wouldn't, I'm not getting in Zeri early. I'm not doing a week one. Um, Risk-reward options to bolster your 17. Uh, ben William wants to know. Um, what are the best risk-reward options for this week that are going to bolster your 17? Pa, pa, league. The, the thing I like about this bloke so much is that I think a lot of people were on him pre-season um, because he was pumping out some good scores once he got the 80-minute gig uh, last year. Um, I started the season with him on the bench purely because I picked up Burr, knowing that I could start Burr at lock, and then as soon as Papali came in and Burr was benched, I could flick the switch. Um, worked out round one, didn't work out round two because they both split sort of 10 minutes each. But last week, I think he showed what he's capable of. He scored 83, but he scored a try without a line break. So if you take that, if you take that away, he ends up coming to um, 66. So he scored 66 points on an edge, just being on a part, no line break, no try assist, no line break assist, just just tackles, a few hit-ups, maybe an offload or two. Um, the guy's an absolute beast. Um I would really, really like to see a lot more teams sort of grab him in. I think he's a great pod, and I think if you don't get him this week or this week or next, you potentially miss him with a lot of the other good options coming around, like you know Crichton bottoming out, Turbo being available next week, uh, Reese Martin being available and kicking. I think there's a lot of good options coming up in the next few weeks, but I think if he's playing the, um, the Titans and he goes over that line, he's a massive pod at, pod at his price too. Yep. Um, I got two, so Cody Walker's my number one risk reward guy. Um, he could score 10 points or he could give you 100. Um, versing Manly, um, I quite like that matchup. Cody Walker's not highly owned either. Um, he's a really good straight swap from a Moylan to a Cody Walker trade, so I reckon Cody Walker, I'm, I'm pretty hot on him as a um, bit of a different option, risk reward one definitely. Just keep in mind that he might have an injury, um, so we'll know sort of closer to to uh, Friday on how he's travelling with his injury. But um, if he's playing, um, I think Cody Walker's a great risk-reward option. He's come through in the past as well. Uh, and the other one I was just going to quickly mention was Ponga. 
Um, so, you know, a lot of people are talking about getting rid of Ponga. Um, it might be a, a good opportunity to go against the grain if you want to take a bit of risk with a high reward. Ponga has probably, you know, one of the highest rewards or ceilings in the comp um, as far as what he can do. Playing at fullback this week and kicking, uh, playing against the Dragons as well, um, who might be a bit up and down. Um, I think you could probably do worse than getting him in if you don't have him at his price. Um, let's go on to TLT and Market Watch now. So, uh, first game of the round is Thursday night with uh, my Roosters up against the Brisbane Broncos at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, a lot of changes for this one. Uh, Cooper Cronk's back for the Roosters from his hamstring injury. Radley replaces Jake Friend, who's out with his shoulder that he um, re-injured against the Eels. Orbison's shifting back to the back row. Um, for the Broncos, uh, Roberts is out with an Achilles injury. Um, he's replaced by Katoni Staggs. Matt Lodge is coming back from suspension. Um, the good news, though, is that we've got Tavita Pengo Jr. moving to lock, uh, and Joe Offerhangawi retains his starting prop spot. Um, so that's good news for either Joe O or Tavita Pengoi owners, um, and Sean Fenton's dropping off the bench. Um, let's start off with Jake Friend at the Roosters. Um, he's number six on the most traded out list, so 2.9% of coaches have traded him out. Uh, I mentioned before, um, I really can't believe that many people are trading him out, um, that he's the sixth most traded out. Only 481k, he's only got a 46 BE, which is below his average. He's only listed as being one week out. He was going to play 80 minutes last week, returning from his shoulder injury, but he actually re-injured it. Um, he might be out two weeks, maybe, but you know he, he could very possibly just miss the one week. I don't really see it worth trading him out at all. Um, and I don't really like it much at all if he's only going to be out a week uh, and he's still got some money to make because that 19 is actually going to roll out of his average pretty quickly without him actually dropping cash. And once that 19 does roll out of his average, he's going to make a ton more cash again and he's you know most probably going to get 100K pretty quickly after that. Yeah, we talked about him a bit before. There's no guarantee that one week doesn't turn into two. And when he comes back, I mean, what kind of state is he going to be? Like, is he going to be sore and just make sort of 30 tackles? I just think he's a risk, but I know exactly what you're saying, mate. So no one else has really been dumped from the Roosters' side um, as far as the trade-outs. Um, the trade-ins, there isn't any that are appearing in the top 10. Probably the only one that's worth mentioning, though, is um, really James Tedesco. He had a, a scintillating week last week. You know, he started off slow, but he's priced at 671k at the moment. He had a 133 points against the Eels. Um, obviously, Tommy Turbo's there as well, but you know, you could very well get in Teddy now and try and get in Turbo next week. He's probably the only other one that I'd be maybe eyeing off for a trade in from the Roosters side for this week. Yeah, the only advantage there is that you're kind of playing at home. I'd don't see how many points the Broncos are going to leak. Um, I had a look at their edges. The edges don't really leak that much. I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. I'd probably look elsewhere. But um, especially after the first two games scored, what, 30 and 20 or something like that. Um, look, he's not going to go up in price. He's a gun option. I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. I think the bigger question for me is that interchange. I'd some guys that don't look like they're going to get sort of big minutes. I reckon you've got a lot of forwards that are going to get big minutes next week for anyone that owns any of those, uh, those five guys in the forward pack. Yep, fair enough. Um, is there anyone else from the Roosters' side that you'd be looking at trading in or out? 
I don't own Crichton, but as an owner, I'd be very scared. Um, even if he's a last-minute inclusion in that team and gets a start over Orbo, you've still got Orbo on the bench. Does he get 80 or does he get 60? And how good is that shoulder? Um, and his, his, his break-even isn't that massive, so you could actually hold him and kind of hope to get 60 minutes to get 60 minutes off the bench, although last time we thought that he ended up getting 20 or something or other. And even if that is the case and he starts next week, What's the guarantee that Orbo doesn't come off the bench in 10 minutes? I reckon Angus Crichton for me is probably a sell right now. Yep, that's fair enough. Um, I kind of see him as a sell like last week, though. I think that if you cop the big price drop, you, you kind of decided last week that you're going to sit through it and hold him. Pretty hard pill to swallow selling him this week after you've made that, um, that big loss um, after the first price change. But I understand doing it because, um, yeah, it's, it's a sticky situation with him getting named in the jersey 17 all the time. Um, from the Broncos' perspective, Billy, there isn't anyone appearing in the most traded in, but most traded out is 9 and 10 um, from the top 10 being Broncos. Um, so Matt Gillette's 2.4% traded out. Uh, he comes in number 9. He's 422k. Um, he's got a 73 break-even, and after starting off really, really well, He's been nowhere near um, the player that coaches were hoping. I was actually looking at trading him in after the first week, uh, and then I waited, and I was happy that I did because you know in that middle jersey, his scores just um, just haven't been there. Now, having said that, he scored thirty four and thirty five points the last two weeks in this team list. The big thing is that he's been named on the edge with um, Tavita Pengai Jr. taking jersey thirteen. So it's a little bit of a hard one for me. Um, I think that it's fine to trade him out if you have no one else to trade out or you're making a definitive upgrade. But if you don't need to, even though he's got a 73 BE, um, he's probably going to be looking at 80 minutes on the edge now. Oh, not necessarily. You've got David Fafita sitting there. He's, a, he, he's not playing front row. He's going to play edge. So does he take it off Glenn or, or Gillette? Uh, I, I don't know. There's no guarantee. Jaden Sue is there as well. I know he can play middle minutes, but... Um, and this... <laughs> Shibasaki. Shibasaki, it is. Never, never heard of her. Another one got um, you, Billy? Got no idea, mate. <laughs> Me and Gus, no idea. Um, <laughs> mate, I've got no idea what what that what those uh, those uh, Broncos bench minutes are going to do. I would actually get rid of him. I wouldn't even hold him, especially versus your boys, mate. I, I can't wait to see what Pengai Junior does back at back at thirteen. Um, thirteen is the, is the money the money spot for minutes. Be nice to see him to get 55, 60 minutes and see how dangerous he can be. I can see why people are selling Joe Owen McCullough. I would do exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'd definitely be selling Joe O. Um, Matt Gillette, I probably would, but I also wouldn't be opposed to holding him. Um, number 10 on the list um, we should mention is Asako. 2.1% of coaches are selling him. It's a bit of an interesting one. He's got a 61 BE, uh, but I was never a fan of starting with him. And I kind of feel like if you started with him, then 61 BE... Averaging just a shade under 50 points. You know, I don't really know what people were expecting to get from him if you're selling him now because you're disappointed. But um, I guess coaches might just be acknowledging that it was maybe a mistake to start with him and they're moving on. It is a lot of money to be in the centre wing. So Yeah, I agree, mate. I'd hold him too, especially now that... Um, has Jack Bird switched sides to be next to Azarko this week? Oh, yeah, no, Jack, Jack, Jack Bird is next to Azarko this week. Yeah, all right. So the, uh, the hog is gone, so he might actually get a bit, a bit more balls there too. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you didn't have to trade him, you may as well just hold him for a week to see what happens now that he's switched sides and um, he's not going to leak a huge amount of cash. But yeah, it is a lot. So 
well, Jack Bird isn't exactly that quick, or not as quick as the Jets, so maybe he might need some support play. Maybe Isaiah gets up to him and converts a few of his own. Yep. Um, Tavita Pegai Jr., since you mentioned him, we'll just quickly finish up on him. He's someone that's, that's definitely on my radar as far as the trade-in goes. Have you had a sneaky look at him, or you still want to wait and see his hamstrings for a couple more weeks? I'm going to wait, mate. Um, he was one of the first guys in, in the... Uh, in that template um, earlier in the season, purely because, you know, that front row was dog shit. And at his point, at his price playing, uh, sorry, starting the season at lock, everyone, everyone was salivating over him. But uh, the mere fact he's playing, been playing some decent minutes, like 55, 57 minutes the last few weeks and hasn't actually had like a massive, massive tunnel anywhere near it. Um, yeah, I'm happy to sort of hold off for now and just see how he goes, especially since he doesn't play that first buy. Yep. Uh, I want to say a couple of weeks uh before um, I jump on him, even though he's got a 35 BE, his minutes haven't been up there. I will say, though, I'm expecting a big game from him because we've been putting contracts in front of him at the Roosters um, and guys will fire up against sides that they're potentially going to be signing with. So I expect a big one from him. I reckon he's 60-plus for sure this week. Um, But moving along to the next game, um, the Friday night ones, we've got Warriors versus the Gold Coast at Mount Smart Stadium. So with this one, um, we've obviously got Adam Kieran being dropped um, replaced by Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, Isaac Luke's out again. He's replaced by Carl Lawton. Um, Lisa Narmel gets his starter prop coming off the bench. For the Titans, they got both their halves back, so both Taylor and Roberts are back, which means Brimson's on the bench, which means we've got a three-forward bench. Um, in other good news for super coaches, Bryce Cartwright retains his number 12 jersey, um, which is definitely a positive if we're looking at buying him. So... Starting off with the Warriors, really, um, Kieran's the most traded-out player for the Warriors team. He comes in number four overall for the top ten most traded-out players at 3.5%. He's 233K, so he's basically brought in about 70K for us, um, or 65K. He's got a BE of 21, and he's obviously been dropped. He's not injured. Um, so you're pretty comfortable with him being highly traded out from what you said earlier. Yeah, mate, happy to sell. Um, like you like you said, um, if there were other worse things that needed to go, um, yeah, look, you could you could keep him. I hope he's going to come back in the team and make more money, but there's no guarantee how long it's going to be. So I'm happy just to sell him and use that coin elsewhere. For the rest of the Warriors squad, um, I don't think there's too many um, trade outs or or trade ins to really look at aside from Papa Lee that um, that you mentioned, Billy. Probably the only other one on the watch list for this week is Lachlan Burr, who's been named at Jersey 16 after he's been starting for a while. Um, he's going to be one to keep an eye on. If I owned Roger Tuivasa Sheck this week, I'd be seriously considering putting the C on him. He's been in great form, and I reckon he's a big balls captaincy option for this week, or at least a VC against the Titans at Mount Smart. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's a lot of people that bought Mamalo last week too. He, he might be worth another VC just in case he goes over for a double. Yeah, Mamalo is a really good chap. Um, I bought him last week, and I'm hoping for a much better score this week. Um, Maybe make your money back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, he's already gone up. Come on, I'm getting my money back on him. So for the Titans side, um, they don't have too high ownership, really. Um, probably the only guy that's a big trade-in talking point is Bryce Cartwright, and to a lesser extent, Mitch Rain. I think we covered off Mitch Rain already. Um, but Bryce Cartwright, I'm actually considering bringing in um, are you going to, after your, all your support for Bryce, are you actually going to trade him in this week? Yeah, I'm going to bring him in, mate. Because, A, 
he's going to make a hundred grand in a couple of weeks. Um, even if the part, the Cardi party doesn't turn up and he just turns on the puck, I really think looking at that bench is going to get 80 minutes. You've got Brimson down there. Um, Shannon Boyd and those two other guys are going to rotate with the four pack. And you know, Jai Arrow doesn't sort of play more than sort of doesn't get 80. So three um, interchanges to get the guys back in. There's six of your, six of your interchanges already. So, I really think Bryce is going to play 80, or there's a good chance of it, so I'm happy to sort of take the pun on him, especially if it means I get to play him over one of those cheap centre three quarters. I just like the idea of banking sort of 50 to 50 po- 55 points. Surely he can do that in 80 minutes, just making some tackles. So, yeah, I really like the idea of getting him in, and especially versus the Warriors. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the Cardi party one. Sounds good. Is there anyone else for the Warriors or Titans for this matchup that you're eyeing off for, for a big score or for a trading? Uh, not for not so much for a trade-in. I know at least an arm now is, is starting this week, so for those actually owned him, it's probably a hold. Hope he gets to the 55, 57 minutes. I reckon we've got a, um, a big Warriors bounce back on this one, and the Warriors are going to um, are going to win by sort of 18-plus. Um, and guys like Roger Tuobaza-Shek, David Fisatua, Ken Romolo, and to a lesser extent maybe Solomone Carter. Um, some of those guys are going to score big, I reckon, this week, so... Yeah, the only thing with um, easier games or high-scoring games, you can have someone like Jordan Rapana or Corey Oates thinking they're going to go absolutely ballistic. And because it's a higher-scoring game, you get guys like, you know, sort of um, no-names who you've never heard of score four tries in the other areas. And you think, what the hell? <laughs> it's Rapana's <laughs> <laughs> No, so um, that was a list I let off PA last year, mate. Just because they got a 700 price tag next to it doesn't mean it's going to their edge. Oh, yeah, look, I think you made that point with the Mamolo call. Mamolo's a definite VC option. Um, if you want to go for something bigger, you know, he could throw up a hat trick and end up on 100 plus um, if the Warriors really run, run rampant this week. The next game in the round is the Panthers versus the Tigers. Let's start off um, with Billy Kikau is back for the Panthers. That's a huge in. James Fisher-Harris moves to lock to accommodate that. RCG goes back to prop after being on the bench last week. And for the Tigers, they got Josh Reynolds in, getting his shot in first grade with Benji Marshall out with a hamstring injury. Um, so for the Panthers, first of all, Billy, big Billy kick out. Um, that's a huge in, and I'm, I'm watching him massively this week to see how he goes. Yeah, very excited about that one, mate. Not because I want to bring him in. <laughs> Even if the bloke scored 60 every week, he would still kind of drop a little bit of coin, so... It's uh, easy to sit back and watch and see how he recovers from the injury, see how many minutes he plays, but see how Clary performs having someone like that on, on, on his left edge with him. I'm kind of hoping for a decent Cleary score here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to be watching him the next couple of weeks because he's a guy that's on my list for um, round 12 trade-ins. Um, he's going to be playing the round 12 buy, and he's a guy that I want to trade in and I want to keep for the rest of the year, so I'm glad to see him back. Um, another guy of note for the Panthers to talk about is Nathan Cleary. He's actually the eighth most traded out player. He's only uh, you know at about two and a half percent at the moment, but 524k BE of 79, average of only 41 points. Um, I can see why some coaches are jumping off, but with all of the halves carnage at the moment and Cleary getting you know this game here against the Tigers, and then after the Tigers game getting the Titans. I wouldn't be trading him out. I would think the teams have got much bigger things to, to worry about than trading out Nathan Cleary. Yeah, mate, don't do it. They're at home. They've come, they've come off a tough start to the year. Kick hours back it's on his edge. They're playing against the Tigers. I know the Tigers have really good defence and generally don't leak that many points early. And 
start the comp on top. They start on top of the comp every year, but then they turn and they turn down very, very quickly. They turned last week. I reckon if you're ever going to sort of be on theory, mate, I would be seeing him this week. Yeah, I, there's no way I'd be trading at Cleary this week. I, I just don't see the, the definitive better options in the halves for you to be getting in. And I would expect everybody to be short of players this week in the halves with um, Dylan Brown and Kieran coming out of sides. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I'd be keeping him. Um, I think you've got to ride him a little bit longer. Um, other than that, for the um, for the Panthers, I'm not too excited about much else. Um, but Cleary, I think, will go well. Did Cleary stop kicking last week? Very, very good point, mate. Um, Cleary didn't kick last week, but it was con- confirmed by um, one of the doctors that um, it was because he had, uh, I think it was a hip strain um, or some type of strain, and um, that was the reason why he didn't kick, but it was just for that week. So it was only minor. It was just for safety, and it was just if he overextended it. So for this week, by all reports, he's meant to be kicking again. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, for the op- for the opposition of the Panthers, the Tigers, um, I mean, realistically, um, the only ones that I'm really interested in here, none of these guys, uh, top 10, traded out or traded in for market watch. Um, but someone who's really, really impressed me, Billy, uh, is a guy that burst on the scene last year, Ursan Masters. He's been absolutely killing it. He's priced at 597k, and it's probably how he's been getting his points that's been the biggest thing. Um, he had a huge amount of offloads last week, tackle breaks, um, some assists, 107 points last week, um, and in round two he scored 55, and round one he scored 68. So he's currently one of the best center wings that you can get, and he's probably going to tear up this Panthers side again, and only has a BE of 39 in 13% of teams. So he's one to watch for this week for sure. Well, I had a chat last week with Mr. Andrew Scanlon, our competitor at Mr. Points Per Minute, and he suggested bringing in Masters last week, and we discussed it, and... He ended up going there because it was a great option offsetting. I think he had, I think he had Mansour, and the whole idea was instead of upgrading to a massive forward, offset the potential twenty points from Mansour to a guy like Masters who has offload potential of kicking goals and is just absolutely killing it. So he actually ended up putting the C on him. So <laughs> great option. Um, yeah, mate. He he's just seen. I, I couldn't believe he was on 80, 80 odd points because he was just offloading at will, tackle busting. He made a few runs, kicking goals. I mean, if, if you're going to get absolutely anyone in that team, it'd be him and Farah. And the way he's going at centre three quarter, he's killing a lot of other centre three quarters of points. So yeah, great option. Yep, and the fact that he can do it with kicking, um, with tackle breaks, with a heap of offloads, he's got so many ways to score. Um, and he was good last year. He could very potentially be the number one centre wing option this year. So 597k is expensive, but um, I reckon that he could keep ripping it up this week. So well done, Mr. Scanlon. It was a good option. Um, and he's probably the one guy on the Tiger side that I'm really excited about. Other than that, Luke Garner went down last week. He's, um, he's back and starting in 12, which is good news for those that um, traded him in for last week in particular. Um, probably the only other guy that I'm going to mention is um, Alex Twelve keeps chugging along. Um, so Twelve is someone that we... Spoke about for round one because he got that starting jersey. Um, and he's been really solid for his price. Um, so 435k now. He just went up by uh, about 33,000. He's now only got a break even of 14. And scoring wise, two weeks, he got 69 and 63 points. And a lot of that is just in base. Um, round one was 47. But the last two weeks, he's basically averaged 66 points. And for 400 and 
34,000. Uh, he looks like really, really good value, and he's only in 2% of teams. Did you notice that his minutes have been creeping up? I did. I think he played 66 minutes last week from memory. He went 55, sorry, 50, 55, then 65 minutes in the first three rounds. That's just fantastic for him. If he's getting 55, let alone 65, um, that's that's 60 plus for him. I didn't start the season with him because I didn't see him getting more than 55, and I thought, oh, I'll just sit back and watch. But, mate, 65 minutes last week, that's that's a freakish effort. Yeah, I um I had him before round one, and then I traded him out at the last minute because I had to sacrifice someone, and I'm I'm kicking myself that I did. Um, and I, I reckon he's a gold trade-in that's uh, an under-the-radar one for 2%, and he'll do well again this week. So um, is there anyone else on the Tigers side, Billy, that you're looking at this week? Uh, yeah, Madison. I don't own him, but I get the sneaky feeling I'm going to regret it sooner or later. If he was 400, 450K, would have taken the, the, the uh, throw out the stumps. But I think he's sort of sneakily, sneakily sort of chugging away at sort of 65 points, then going back to 57 and, and having everyone go, oh, maybe he's not that good after all, then coming back with a 68, then going back to a 59. And, I, mean, I reckon he's going to score a try one these days, and his average is all of a sudden going to be 68. So 69, everyone's going to go, oh, shit, he got away. Yeah, he's in 8% of the team, so he's in pod territory. Um, and he has, he has looked really good. Um, I'm still not 100% sold, but the numbers say that he's a good one. Aside from that, uh, where do you see this game going, Billy? The Panthers need to bounce back. Uh, and the Tigers started well but had a bad loss to the Dogs last week. So it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Tigers are really good. Tigers play an expensive game. And, they, and a lot of their games come into halftime. Sort of both teams under 10 points. But oh, I have a feeling this week, Panthers at home, they get a massive crowd out there. I reckon that crowd's going to be right behind them and they sort of run away with us. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, as well, they've... The factor is they're going to get behind their coach, Cleary, who's a bit under siege from the Tigers from how he left and stuff. So I reckon they get up at home for sure. Um, Saturday night, the first game is the Seagulls versus South Sydney Rabbitohs at Lotto Land. This one, we've got Moses Sully being dropped for discipline reasons. Not the first time we've heard that one. Um, Brendan Elliott comes back into the side. Um, if you're getting dropped for Brendan Elliott, who's definitely not a future immortal, it says a lot about your, your pecking order in the team now. Um, for the Rabbitohs, we've got Greg Inglis back, um, replacing the injured Braden Burns. Uh, and George Burgess finally returns from his suspension, which is the um, first time this year he's going to get a game. Uh, Tavita Totola is on the bench, and he becomes a sell. So for the Sea Eagles, the big talking point is going to be Tom Trevojevic uh, with his 152 points that he scored last week. Um, that was a mammoth effort, especially when you consider he's coming back from an injury. Yeah, mate, 100%. He absolutely beasted it. I don't really have anything to say that no one else can really say. <laughs> well, he's the um, second most traded in player at 7.6% this week. Um, I, can he, see, I can see why. I'm, concerned, I'm concerned he'll be 9 out of K in two weeks. Yeah, I guess probably the only thing to mention to everyone listening is um, he's got a minus 71 BE, but it's not really going to impact it this week. Um, he's only going to be playing his second game, so... If you can't get Turbo in this week, um, and particularly if you end up, you know, if you're one of those people of the 7.6% trying to push him in, he's playing Souths, who's a better side than what the Warriors were last week, and he's not going to change in price. So, I mean, if you want to hold the guy that you were going to push to trade out to get Turbo, trade someone else and bank the cash and make it easier to trade him in next week, I don't think that's going to hurt you too much just to get him in next week before he rises. 
Yeah, exactly. And depends on what he scores next week too. Like his price isn't going to be have to be that stupid. Let's say he scores seventy five this week. Uh, let's say he scores seventy five next week. The will be break even. will still be sort of seventy two next week. <laughs> so he's still going to make a, a crap load of coin quick, but then he, then his break even is going to jump really really quickly. So he's going to come right back but down to earth. So forget about making coin off him. It's just the points that you want. The only thing I'm going to say is I'm just going to go back to that point that I made earlier. The last time he scored one hundred and thirty eight or whatever it was in round three or round four, he averaged fifty eight for the next. 13 or 14 rounds of the season. It would be good to get him in, but um, I'm not going to be rushing it this week and I'm going to consider trying to get him in for next week. The other guy to mention is uh, Ruben Garrick, who retains his wing spot and he's on a very nice BE of minus 43, so he's going to make some really good coin. Um, if you didn't get him, um, for whatever reason, he's not the worst guy to be getting in because he's got that minus 43 BE now after going well last week. Um, he looked a, a lot more involved too last week. He just seems to... Like, uh, I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before. He just seemed to make a few errors. He just seemed a little bit more aggressive. He started to look a lot, started to look a lot better. Yeah, he did. Um, and I think that that coincides with Manly looking better because Turbo's back. Um, I just think that he automatically makes him better. So he might be a decent proposition going forward. Um, Corey Waddell's also got a negative break even and minus 18, and he's about to play his third game. So if you want to get him in, it's this week. But I'm actually going to be passing on Waddell, Billy, because um, Paseka's in the um, squad and he may very well come in at some point. Um, and I'm worried with uh, both the minutes and also being in the 17 down the track for uh, Waddell to make enough money to get him in. Yeah, true, mate. The only thing I'm going to say is uh, I didn't expect Cherry Evans to be scoring as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, you know, he's playing well, but I wouldn't be chasing the points. Um, no, nah, no. Nah. He scored, yeah, he, I think he was averaging 50 or 55 before this and then had that massive game. So it just goes to show, mate, um, quality can rise, especially goal kickers, but I, would, I wouldn't be getting him. Yeah, look, he's, he scored 156 last week and 81 the week before. Um, so with how Cherry Evans operates, um, it probably means that he's going to score 50 points this week and, and 40 points the week after. So you've kind of missed out on him. His yeah. base is still only around 25 points um, with um, about 31 points if you take into account kicking. So. And plus, if you want to catch the leader, the last thing you want to do is buy the same guy as him. Like the, lead, the, lead, the guy currently ranked number one has uh, Trebojevic. And so I think both Trebojevic's as well as uh, Cherry Evans. So... Uh, Maybe uh, go a pod. Um, on the Rabbitohs side of things, um, Burns is a number one traded out player, which is no surprise at 10.8%. Interesting one, though, Billy. I'm potentially going to hold him um, if I can. Um, and the reason being is because he's got a 24 BE, and that's going to get better when he, once he comes back and that injured game comes out of it. And I did view him as a guy that I'm going to want back in later. He does play around 12. Potentially, he's only out for a month. Um, so I didn't see it as big a issue. I, I don't mind anyone trading him out. You know, I I sort of feel a bit ripped off if I only make, you know, 55K off him and I waste a trade to get him out after I only just got him in. If I can wait four weeks for him, um, I'd rather wait four weeks. If you can still, still score so that 1100 a week without him, then great. Um, I just think I'd, I'd much, with, with how... How much easier it is this year with so, with uh, so many players available at a, de- at a decent rate and only having uh, two buy rounds and still 37 trades or 36 trades as opposed to 30. Um, I'm I'm quite happy just to burn one and bring him back. Yep, Damien Cook 
was captained by a lot of people last week and only ended up busting out 50 points. Um, as a result, he's gone down by 29,000 and he's got a break-even of 85, uh, which is good news for the non-Cook owners. Um, having said that, Rabbits have a good draw coming up, starting with Manly, um, and I could really see Cook going well against Manly, not only this week, but then he has the Warriors and the Bulldogs the weeks after that. So not the worst option, even though he's got a higher BE, to just look at just going straight to Cook if you wanted if you do want to trade a Jake Friend or you do want to get Cook in for maybe even Hodgson. Yeah, but because of that break-even, if you can't afford him, given that it's down at sort of Manly this week, yeah, it's not the worst thing if you can't get him this week. Um, I, I would not want to go without him next week or the week after, but if you can't afford him this week, it's not the worst. Yeah, he's um, he's he could go on a tear. Um, I think as a non-owner, I'm very scared. And this week, if I owned him, even though it didn't work out last week, you know, I'd probably still be okay to captain him again this week. I reckon for the Rabbits, he's the best captaincy option for this week. Yeah, I think you're right. He's probably a safe option. I think Burgess is just as good, but an edge runner at Manly. Yeah, Burgess like, should have him. a nice bounce back game. Uh, only other guy I'll mention before we move along is um, I mentioned Cody Walker earlier. Um, just a quick snippet, um, particularly for Moylan owners since he's a 5'8". Cody's only 6% owned. He's got a BE of 36 and he's only 576k, so he's expensive, but not hugely. And the last two weeks, he's scored 86 and 72 points, with his low score being round one of a 43. Um, and he's actually looked quite good and really involved. He does get a lot of attack, but that's kind of his game uh, as a pot option, um, particularly for Moylan owners. Um, I reckon that he's a decent one for this week, and he could go really well against the Manly side. One thing I've learned about Cody Walker... Never, ever, ever look at him and go, ah, he relies on tries. Because you know what? I've been saying that for three years now. He's a good little player, mate. Yep. Really good option, I reckon, as a, as a pod at 6%. Um, over to the next game, we've got the Cowboys versus the Raiders. Main changes for this one is the fact that there's no changes. The Cowboys got absolutely belted by the Sharks and have not made one change. The Raiders are the same, which makes sense. Jordan Carr, yep. who's actually the fifth most traded out player at 3.4%, and he's just 281k, and he's only made about $2,000. And he's in 26% of teams with a 19 BE. I understand trading him out because he has been absolutely atrocious, and he's been moved to centre last week, and he's still at centre this week. But with a 19 BE and only making $2,000 off him, I would be inclined to try and hold him if I could and trade someone else instead that's not playing. If the Raiders are playing at home, I would hold him one week and pray just what happens and even if he had like a minus 50 50 break him I'd still sell him after that because he probably wouldn't hit it yeah no, that's true um, I, I think you can get uh, squeeze another 50k out of him in the next couple of weeks just if you can score a try um, but there's really nothing very exciting about this Cowboys side um, and I was very surprised that they're favourites against the Raiders given form actually on the Raiders side of things uh, the most trading guys is Bateman at 11.2% now He's started on an edge last week and still gone fantastic. Uh, he's priced at 470k at the moment, and he actually has a minus 7 BE still. He's overall averaged 77 points a game, uh, with 90 of that last week, and he's ranked 8 overall. I think you've just got to get him in now and just bite the bullet. If you've got to pay more for him, I think it's fine. I reckon that it's great that he's the most traded-in player um, because I think that's a smart thing to do. Mate, just do it like... <laughs> He was getting a solid base in the middle in that first week, and everyone was going, oh, look, you might only get 50 minutes, but he was getting 80 in the middle. I would have been happy with 60 in the middle. But 80, 80, on, 
80 on the edge. Like he's pretty much going to have like 80% of the base on the edge that he does in the middle. And now he's going to get attack opportunity, mate. Just get him. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely get him in. Um, the other guy that was really good last week was Charles Nickel Klockstad. Um, and he's the fifth most traded in player at 4.2%. He's 330k. He's just gone up 65k. He's still got a minus 31 BE. Got 90 points last week, averaging 59. Um, I reckon that you should have been owning him last week, but if you didn't, he's probably a fine one to get this one. Yeah, I'd still get him if you don't own him. Uh, a fullback available at centre three quarter, mate, is probably a little bit silly not starting the season with him, but if you don't, it's not too late, just getting him. Yeah, he could go on a nice run here too. I could see him scoring another try against the Cowboys. If they give up a lot of points, um, the other guy that I'd be happy to own is Jared Croker. Wouldn't be trading him in, but... He could have a nice bounce-back performance this week. And Hodgson as well with that big forward pack up there. Um, I reckon Hodgson looked a lot better last week with 60 points and, and could go well again this week. Okay, so let's go the other way. Instead, of, maybe this isn't looking too deep into it, but with that absolutely insane run of Titans, Dogs, Raiders twice and actually playing rounds four, is there absolutely anyone, anyone in this Cowboys lineup that you would consider doing just because of that crazy run? Someone like maybe Morgan or uh, this this would be the ideal time to have Lola. I, I had him penciled in from round six or something or other, but he's obviously not available. So, is there anyone else you would actually consider? Look, I'll, I'll start off this answer by saying I absolutely hate the Cowboys this year, and I picked them to be near the bottom of the ladder. Um, and I was laughed at by a few people about that, but I, I just think that their squad's not any good. Um, so I'm not very interested in any of them. If I had Morgan, I'd definitely hold Morgan because they do have a good run coming up. Um, but other than that, the only one that I will mention um, is a complete balls-to-the-wall wall option where you're trying to hope that he's going to get better, uh, and that's Cohen Hess. only reason I say that, um, I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of Cohen Hess coming into the season, but now they're about to hit a good run, um, and he hasn't played well. He can only get better than what he's been doing. He just dropped 42,000. So he's now less than 505000 to purchase, and he's got a BE of 93 this week. So if you wait another week, um, the likelihood is he's going to be around 475000 and then he's going to hit the run that you were just talking about, Billy. So he's probably the only yeah. one that I'm slightly interested in because he is a guy that could ramp up for that run for him. Yeah, that draw alone might be enough to sort of hold Carter more than one week. He might actually pick more than one or two goals in the next sort of six weeks, so... As long as you don't have to play him, he might be worth the investment holding. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, so I reckon that the Raiders are going to heap more misery on the cows and the Raiders are going to definitely win this one. Um, and I'm surprised on sports bet they're outsiders, so that's my bet of the week. Right there, Raiders to beat the cows. Um, the next one, we've got the Eels versus Sharks at AMZ Stadium. Uh, so your boys, mate, we've got Dylan Brown out with a back injury. Apparently, it's probably only going to be short-term, even though it's indefinite. Um, it's not a huge injury. Jamin Salmon goes into the halves. Uh, for the Sharkies, Dugan moves to fullback to accommodate Moylan being out, which means we get Bronson Zeri on debut. Um, so let's start off with your reels, mate. I know that you want to crow on about them after their good start to the season. They've got Clint Gutherson as the fourth most traded in player. So 5.4% of coaches have traded in Clint Gufferson. A little bit surprising because he's 512000 and he's just gone up a massive amount. Um, but in saying that, he's still got a minus 16 BE and he's averaging 82 for the year and had two really good back-to-back weeks. Is he starting to turn you around? Are the masses maybe onto something here or you're still against it? Uh, I'll be honest with you. He was starting to 
make me sort of second second guess myself. I reached out to a couple of mates today and see what they actually thought. They kind of flew back to my place. The one thing that the guy said is, where where the hell are you actually going to play with your team? You're not going to play with a fullback. But at centre three quarter, you already have CMK, Bateman and Nakora. So there's three spots. Why spend 500 and odd grand on another bloke who's no guarantee to score every week when you can just take a risk on one of those wingers that are playing uh, dogs or titans or whatever you call it, as opposed to using that 500k. So for that reason alone, that was good enough for me to lay away. I think the positives for him, uh, if you started with him, you're an absolute magician. I think he's doing really well without without having some normally in the team, just having um, some Moses Corner shots and, and um, Gutherson going either side of the field. Kicking is a massive negative. That's the reason why I wasn't on him, but he's going really well at the moment. But can he sustain it? I don't want to pay the money to find out. Yeah, I tend to agree. I really think he's gone fantastic. The last, uh, the first three rounds of the season, he scored 58, 92 and 96 points the last three weeks. Um, that's phenomenal. Um, but it also says that I doubt that he's going to keep that up. Um, so you're probably buying him at the peak. So I think it's a good buy for the people that bought him round one. Not a great buy for people buying him for this week. Um, he does have a minus 16 BE, but he could very easily hit his 40s, which are going to be coming. Um, and I just think that, like Billy said, 512K for him, uh, paying a little bit much. Um, but I understand the interest because he has been going well. And, hey, you know, we said this about Valentine Holmes last year, and he went on like a 12-game stretch of, um, you know, averaging 85, 90 points and just killed it. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he's issues, Val. Aside from that, um, our other Eels player, um, Maker Sivo. He's the sixth most traded in player. Another guy that I sort of think, why didn't you own him before last week? Um, but people didn't, and they missed out on his first rise. He's now 237K, but he still has a minus 48 BE, and that's thanks to him getting uh, 99 points in round three against my Roosters. So seems like a no-brainer to get him in, Billy, if you didn't have him already. Yeah, mate. And to be fair, I think there might have been a few out there that thought he might have already been a one or two game wonder until Jennings came back and then playing the Roosters last week. No, I would have expected that 99. So. Yeah, I actually reckon he's having a decent um, shout to, to start this week if you're looking for a cheapie, like we said at the start with our questions. Um, the other guy that's uh, not in the top 10 but has been spoken about quite a bit is uh, Paulo. Um, he, he's been playing phenomenal. He had five offloads last week, really good work rate, um, and he played minutes in the 60s as well. Are you, are you looking at Junior Paulo? He's only 407k, and his scores are looking really nice. 60 points in round two, which was his first game, and 83 points in round three versus Roosters. Um, he does have some assists in there. Got seven offloads across his first two games, though, and he has a negative break-even of minus six, and he's only in 1% of teams, so... He looks like a bit of a pod. Do you think he can keep it up, or is that four forward bench a little bit of a concern? Uh, exactly what you said. I think the four forward bench is a massive change from the last couple of weeks. He's had some uh, try, try assists, I think, last week. So, you know, uh, TS and the LBA. Um, I think those types of pack has been sort of pushing him up. I wouldn't begrudge anyone uh, picking him up. He's definitely undervalued. He's, he's got to make money. He's not a stupid buy at all, especially given that he plays first buy. And he, he does have those kinds of tax stats. So he's going to get them from time to time. The only thing I'm going to say here is uh, the last time he played greater than 55 minutes, uh, I think it was sort of a dozen games or so in Canberra, he averaged 50, 56.7 or 59.7 minutes. 
So, yeah, look, he's, he's going to make you some money, but I don't want to. I don't want to bank on on those crunch attack stats every week. He has that awesome elephant trunk type of sort of handball. He kind of gets away behind the line every now and then, but I don't want to bank on that every week. I don't want to. I don't want to run the risk of having a forty-five or or a fifty score for for someone of that price. I'd much rather sort of get a, um, a cash out and use that coin elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to let him pass, but if I didn't have other issues and my team was in perfect shape and I had no trades to make, I'd probably look at maybe trying to get him in. But probably a good comparison is um, uh, Paulo and Twelve. They're both very similar priced, um, and I think that Twelve's much more reliable as an alternative. Yeah, yeah, agree, mate. Outside of the Eels, looking at their opposition in the Sharkies, um, Matt Moylan is clearly um, highly traded out. He's the second most traded out guy at 8.9%. He's that's a he's a definite trade out, so that makes complete sense. There's no point in talking about it anymore. Bronson Zeri's come into the side as a number eight most traded in player. Two point seven percent of coaches got him in. I understand, I guess, because people are getting him in straight from Moylan and using that Moylan money to get someone like Turbo. But I'm a little bit puzzled, Billy. Um, I know you mentioned playing Zeri this week, but it is only his first game. He hasn't played a game in first grade at all. It's his debut. We need three games for him to even rise yet, and we've got some other rookies like um, yeah, Allen as a good trade-in target that's going to rise after this week, um, and also even the Dogs' um, young winger that we're going to talk about in a moment. He's playing his second game this week. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Zeri's that highly traded in. I'm not. Um, the difference is um, you got to remember, I watch the Eels every single week. So uh, Allen... Is a winger. He scored a try last week with a line break and scored 44 or something or other like that. So very, very low base. Dogs uh, dogs are playing Melbourne Storm this week. How many points do you think he's going to get? Are you going to bank him to go over the line? No, I think I'll wait for another week. This guy here isn't a winger. He's a centre. He's playing centre. Um, Moylan is out for a while, so I can pretty much bank on him actually making some money and being there longer than sort of three, four, sort of maybe some five games. So you know he's going to make that coin. He's a very, very highly rated um, Australian sort of junior junior rep. Um, you saw him in the trial. The kid's got a freak of a step, and he's playing the Eels. I know that I know what you're saying about sort of waiting for someone actually plays three games, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play three games, and I would much rather. Play someone that's one further in. It's going to have a higher base uh, and score sort of you know, um, maybe twenty points in tackles and, and sort of hit ups and just have more involvement. I just think he's the X factor, and I, I would much rather get him in early and take the points as opposed to play a winger. Yeah, but you've got a twenty-five man squad though. So I mean, if you're getting a rookie in, you're not normally playing him that much. So I mean, any most coaches trading in Derry on most weeks wouldn't need to be playing him. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm just it, looking um, at it just from a trading point of view, just from the money, because, but, I mean, I know I know Alan's going to make money this week. After this game, Alan's making money, and his he's, um, poor score is going to drop out very quickly. He's got a two from round one that drops out after this week, so Alan is actually going to make a lot of money the next few weeks. Well, I, I absolutely. Look, if you don't own Alan, then he's a great option too. I just already own him, so that's the areas I'm getting very much. Um, and you're, you're planning on getting Oak and Ball from the Dogs next week. Like, I'm taking it because you're going to play Zeri in your 17, which makes a lot more sense if you need to play him. Yeah, correct. I'm, I'm after points this week. So just just to clarify for everyone, I already or I already own sort of Alan. I want Zeri for the points this week, and then next week I'll bench him for Rubbalara, who's actually playing someone much lower ranks, and I'll get the Dogs kid in next week. So I'm not missing out on any any of these cheapies. It's just the, the makeup of my 
my team, which makes it easier for me. I just think points-wise, Zeri is a better option this week. But if you don't own Allen and you're looking for a cheapy, he might be a better injection for you. Yep, completely understand, mate. I'd play Zeri over Allen as well. Um, I don't own Allen, Zeri, or Oakenbore, though, and I'm one or three. So I'm getting Allen this week myself instead of Zeri. And anyone that's of that 2.7% that are getting Zeri and that don't own Allen, I, I think that you should be getting Allen in first before you get in Zeri. Aside from that on the Sharky side, mate, I think that um, I'm going to make a big call here. Andrew Fafita's been a little bit underwhelming. I reckon that he might have a good game against the Eels. Um, I'm From memory, I think that he actually does pretty well against your boys. Everyone does. That's not surprising. <laughs> I wouldn't be paying Fafita. I know a lot of people are keen on doing that because he hasn't been going that well. The guy is priced at 72 and he's punching at 60 average at the moment. Yeah, he might lose a bit of coin, but if 60 is the worst you're going to get for a front row forward, I don't see anything wrong with that, especially given that he's not going to play Origin and he covers that second round by. Yeah, I agree with you on Fafita. I actually think that he's going to have a good game this week, and I reckon, I'm expecting 65-plus in points. Another guy I'll just touch on for the Sharkies is um, a bit of an alternative option. Um, a lot of people haven't been talking about him. Sean Johnson, um, he's... You know, a little bit more expensive than Matty Moylan, but not heaps. He's 572k, so you have to find about 100 grand to get from a Matt Moylan to Sean Johnson. But they are playing the Eels this week. Um, SJ's only in 18% of the teams, and he has been building quite a bit. He scored 77 points last week against the Cows and 59 points against the Titans the week before. Now that Moylan's gone as well, um, I would expect that he has a bit more presence in attack. Um, Moylan has run a lot of the Sharks' attack watching the games. He's not going to be there now. We both know that Josh Dugan's not going to run any of the attack or have his hands on the ball, aside from running it. Um, so, Sean Johnson might be a bit of a sneaky one for this week. Yeah, the only thing is he's got a bit of a trust tool. Like he, he can pick him up this week, and he might score the national 160, but and the Eels are a lot better team than, than they were last year. They're actually sort of pretty much on parity. Um, if you look at the TAB odds, They've got two games in a row at home next week. That they've got your your mob, the Roosters. Then they've got um, the Panthers, who a couple of weeks ago were sort of uh, very highly rated to finish first or second this this year. Then they've got the Broncos. Then they've got the Storm. It's not exactly the easiest draw. I'm not sure I'd be bringing him in, mate. I'd, I'd be kind of waiting, waiting on Johnson at least to round nine. They've got Titans and Marys and Dragons, but then they've got a buy so. If you don't own Johnson now, I wouldn't be bringing him in at all. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I will say that my interest was there. Probably not going to end up doing it in the end. Uh, if you own him, though, I reckon it's a great matchup this week. Um, he's probably him and him and Fifi. I'd be happy to own for this week. Oh, a great VC option this week, but I'd be scared shitless next four. So who's going to win in this one, mate? The Eels have played a lot better this year. Um, the Sharkies smashed the Cowboys last week in a. 12-minute blitzkrieg of five tries. Oh, mate, I, I honestly, honestly, honestly couldn't tell you. Um, our number one rookie half, uh, who's been going really well, isn't there, so you're going to rely on but Moses and Salmon. Um, I haven't seen much of Salmon at all. I think Sharkies will probably get up, but I think it'll be a lot tighter than tighter than you think. I think the Yields will put a couple of points on, but I don't think Sharkies will run away with it, but yeah, it's still probably, you know, worst case, worst case scenarios that the uh, SJ is, is the bad VC option, but I think there's sort of better ones out there. Yeah, I reckon the Sharkies win this one, um, and I'm surprised that they opened up as the outsiders as well. Um, the Sunday games, we've got the Storm versus the Dogs for the first one. This one, 
for the Storm, we've got no changes. I thought we might have seen a Stimson siding because he came back through um, reserve grade last week, but he's still not in the side. Kieran Foran's out for about three months, and Jack Cogger comes in for him as a straight swap into the halves. Apart from that, um, the only other good news for the Doggies is that we've got Jaden Oakenbaugh playing his second game named on the wing, and uh, CHN has got that uh, number 12 jersey still, and Reese Martin, number 13 jersey. So a few key changes from last week that have rolled on to this week. Um, Oakenbaugh's the third most traded in player at 6.2%. Um, he scored 55 points in his debut last week, but more importantly, he looked like a first-grade player in his debut, and he looked exceptionally good. And I'm 100% getting in open ball before his first price rise, Billy, so I'm probably going to be doing it next week when he's not playing the Storm. Oh, yeah, 100%, mate. Exactly my thoughts. Um, that's the only reason I reversed the order on him and Jerry this week. Yeah, he's an absolute machine. Um, Reese Martin was surprising in the last week. He hardly heard his being called at all and didn't keep and actually missed the goal for the first time in God knows how long, but just seeing the finish on the 60 odd. Did he actually play? He was named a lock last week when he actually, um, the, team, the, the final team list came out, but did he actually play lock or did he actually play left edge? Yeah, it looked like that he was on the left edge. Um, so it's interesting because he was initially named on the bench and then was a late change to come into the starting side. And he was meant to be a late change to come in at lock, which is what the commentator said, but it looked like that he went onto an edge. Funnily enough, though, this week when he is named in the starting side, he's named in Jersey 13. So I'm not too sure what's going to happen. Yeah, look, it's his second week. Um, he's playing the Storm. I wouldn't buy him this week. Um, see how he goes. But I'll tell you what, he's a definite option, either not so much next week, unless he scores 150 versus the Storm, which isn't going to happen. But I reckon he'll be an absolute red-hot pick-up in about four or five weeks. Four or five weeks is what I'm going to need to give him because I want to make sure that he's out of Dean Pay's doghouse. But he's definitely on the watch list and he's definitely on the list for the round 12 bye. Um, and as long as he's playing 80. As long as he's playing 80. Um, another guy that I was hoping to play 80 was Corey Harrowware Naira, who got the starting back row jersey. He's got the starting back row jersey again, only a BE of 25, and he's only priced at 407k. He has dual centre wing, second row eligibility, and he scored 66 points last week, which included four offloads. So he was ticking all the boxes, except he only got 66 minutes last week, which was really annoying. Um, I, I wanted him to get 80 minutes for me to be able to look at him. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I uh, had zero interest in, in him pre-season. Probably still zero at the moment, but uh, probably a watch for the buyers is, is where I'm at, mate. Yeah, he's definitely a watch for the buys. If he was getting 80 minutes, I'd actually be looking at getting him in um, the next couple of weeks um, if I thought he was going to retain the job. But um, yeah, 65, 66 minutes probably isn't going to be enough for him. For the Storm side, um, I think Cam Smith might have a return to form in this one. We don't really have um, a huge amount of market watch on them aside from, surprisingly, Cameron Munster. He's actually the 10th most traded-in player at 2.2%. Now, he's 561K and he's got a 93 BE. Um, he's coming off, you know, he does have the 105 points there, but he's also got 41 and 55 points so far this year as well. Uh, and the draw, he does have the dogs this week and then the cows, but then he's got the roosters after that. I'm pretty surprised that he's so highly traded in, but I guess a lot of guys that own Kieran are maybe, um, you know, trading Kieran out to get another half or maybe trading Cleary out to get Munster in, but... I would have thought if someone's going to spend that sort of money, Billy, that they were trying to get someone like Turbo instead. Yeah, 100%. I can't understand why anyone's trading him in. 
Although, uh, if there is absolutely one game, I'm scared shitless I'm not only one player. This is the only game of the year where I'm concerned that I don't own Monster. Um, I've said on previous podcasts that I have zero interest in at number six unless he's playing fullback because at six he has to have at least three or four try assists for him to be relevant. He could probably have seven this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon he could turn up this week. So I understand guys looking at um, you know the 105 that he's got that he has scored this year and thinking that he could replicate that again this week. The problem is I don't, I don't see him continuing it up week to week and I'd rather get other halves myself. What um, do you make of Finnecane? His minutes have been increasing. He got 65 last week. Yeah, Finucane was a really good buy for last week and he, he went up quite a bit and his minutes have been a lot better. Um, I tend to think that he's he's kind of passed maybe other priorities and other options because he did go up. He's gone up 35k, so it's not too much, but he's at a 468k price point. So 468k, um, I think I'd rather take the pun on a Polo or a um, or an Alex 12 for both, you know, 35 to 60k less than what Finucane is. Yeah, not your same way. I probably agree there. Uh, aside from that, from the Storm, probably the only other um, one to watch for this game is um, if you traded in Vunavalu after he got that big score, thinking that he might go up in some price, he might get another hat trick like he did against Canberra, I reckon, this week against the Doggies. I wouldn't want to rely on a player scoring a hat trick for eighty points, mate. It's a no for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting him in or anything, but um, if anyone owns him, this is probably a decent week to have him in your side. So um, I'm interested as well. I reckon Jerome Hughes might have a bit of a bounce back here. I expect the Storm to win this one in a canter, and I think that guys like Hughes, Vinavalu, uh, Smith, and um, probably also even Croft uh, are going to end up having a pretty good week. Yeah, there's some good watches there on that Storm team. So the last game of the round, we've got the Knights versus the Dragons. This is up in Newcastle. Uh, Caelan Pong is moving to fullback in the biggest change for the Knights with Mason Lino to make his debut in the halves. means Watson is still out. Glasby starting at prop, moving from 13, so that puts Barnett at lock. Um, and for the Dragons, we've got Dufty coming straight in for Widdop, um, who looks like he's going to be out for about five months. He can be back for round 20, maybe. Uh, and Tyson Frizzell is actually a chance of playing um, after his ruptured testicle, which has only been a couple of weeks old. So that's pretty crazy. He was meant to be out four to six, and he might be back. Um, so let's start off with the Knights, Billy. Caelan Ponga at fullback. Anyone that owns him must be excited. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't be trading him in. I would not be trading him in because of that 100 break-even and I'm unlikely to score a ton. But I'll tell you what, if you own him, mate, I would not be selling at all. Yeah, I reckon he can have a really good game against the Dragons this week up at Newcastle. I think that they're going to put on some points. Um, I said last week I was excited for Ponger and Fitzgibbon. It didn't pan out. Um, I'm going to roll it over to this week, and I'm excited for Fitzgibbon and Ponger this week now that Ponger's back at fullback. Yeah, mate. Yeah, 100%. On the Dragons side of things, um, and neither of these teams have anyone really highly traded in or traded out, um, there isn't a huge amount of interest for me, um, and I actually think that they might struggle this game having after having a good game last week. Um, probably the only ones of note is, you know, Ravalawa had a good game last week. And he's back in cash-making territory. And he's probably a good example on what we were talking about at the start of the pod with um, selling guys early. A lot of people sold Ravalawa um, because he wasn't producing. He was still a starting NRL winger, though. All he needed was a try. Um, and now that he's got that try, he's um, he's going to end up making mon- a lot more money. So he's someone who's, um, you know, people have gone and taken a 41k cash rise and moved on. He's now a minus 9 BE and um, scoring 66 points last game. 
So that's probably a good example, Billy, on you know why you stick to some of these wingers that are still starting at rookie price. Yeah, like you said, though, if you don't need to play them and they can sit in the background, then great, that's a good option for you. But if it, if it's someone like uh, you know, Kieran who you would actually have to play, or sort of sorry, 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 who would have to play or um, sell to uh, sell to utilize someone with, with more value, then yeah. There's, uh, there's players to play and there's players to sell, mate. And, yeah, he's just one of those guys. you just got to sit around and let, let, let him sort of make that comment slowly. Um, and last of all, probably for the Dragons to talk about, is if Tyson Frizzell comes in, it probably means that Blake Laurie is going to move back to the bench, um, which is going to hurt Blake Laurie owners. But he's done really well in the limited minutes. Jacob Host played really well last week as well. Um, scoring 60-odd points, um, and he's um, uh, minus BE as well as Laurie as well. So they're going to make some cash at least this week. I don't think he'll be the worst worst possible bloke uh, to own if he's going back to the bench because you've got Zach Lomax on the bench and uh, Luciano Lulia, who's pretty 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 much a low-minute guy, like 20 minutes. The only only question I did have for you on the, uh, the Dragons lineup is what do you make of Jacob Host? Like he, his minutes significantly increase... Uh, last week, I wasn't expecting that. Do you expect him to play the same sort of minutes again? It's it's a hard one. I, I think that he might. Um, I can see why his minutes went up because in round two, when he came off the field, their their defence started to really leak on that edge, and Luciano Leilua was a big part of that. When he's on the field against the drag against the Broncos, uh, for those high minutes, their defence was a lot better. Um, but as a result, as well, you know, it meant Leilua only got nine minutes. So pretty much, I think that they, in the forward rotation, took Leilua's minutes and gave them the host and ended up being a much better defensive side and host can play bigger minutes. I don't see how Leilua gets those minutes back with how he's been performing, which should equate to host getting you know, the similar sort of minutes, I would guess. So you, so you reckon um, uh, Frizzell comes in, Blake Laurie, Laurie gets dropped to bench and Leilua gets dropped maybe? Well, that's if that's if Frizzell comes in. He's 18th man at the moment, so whether he actually, if he doesn't come in, that's obviously going to be ideal. If he does come in, um, I think that he replaces Laurie in jersey 13 for sure. Laurie comes back to the bench, um, and that's where it gets interesting because Laurie might replace Jeremy Lattimore, and they just play Leilua sparingly, or he might replace Leilua, and if he replaces Leilua on the bench, that's where it's going to become a a bit of an issue for host because obviously, you know, Laurie's going to play more than nine minutes that Leilua was playing. And it's a matter of how many minutes is Frizzell going to get round one, uh, first game back from his testicle injury. Maybe he only gets, you know, 50 minutes instead of his normal minutes allotment. But um, suffice to say, Frizzell back hurts both Laurie and host, but it probably takes a couple of weeks, I would guess, before you need to look at selling them. Any captaincy options for this one, Billy, that you're having a look at? Oh, not really. I don't think Ponga scores high enough to be a captaincy option, mate. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon probably the only option for me is if um, if you're struggling in your head-to-head comps and you've had a really bad round, sort of halfway through, and you're playing catch-up and you really want to win, probably you know the the hail mary Ponga C is the only the only way to go. But that's only a hail mary one if you really want to win a head-to-head matchup. Um, this one, I reckon the Knights are going to get up, though. Um, I'm going to say the Knights are 12-point winners in this one. So that wraps us up for TLT and Market Watch. Um, I reckon it's going to be a good round, Billy. I'm going to be confident and say we're, we're both going 1,200-plus. I've been saying that every week, mate. But, uh, yeah, let's hope so, eh? 
<laughs> All right, mate. Good luck for the round, and we'll chat again next week. All right, guys. You can download us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud as normal. Uh, do follow us on Twitter as well, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Give us a share. And good luck for this weekend. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.